A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. So thanks everybody for joining me today. Um, on this sit, I'm a, I want to call it a hot sit. <laughs> I've got Musidi today. And um, I haven't seen Musidi in a long time. And I'm actually glad I reconnected with her. And thanks to the joys of social media and all these other things that are available these days. So if you're listening to us or following us, please make sure that you continue to share, comment, and give us some feedback on what you think of these conversations that we're having. So Musidi, hi, how are you? Hempume, it's so good to see you. You haven't changed. You've still got that beautiful, energetic, happy, happy, happy vibe. I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Msidi, please introduce yourself before we even start and tell everybody what you are going to be talking about. Msidi Sireto, former corporate executive, lover of life, a mother to a feisty, almost nine-year-old, living in Joburg, um, and an entrepreneur but very interested in mindsets and coaching. A former marketer, I still love marketing. I was an executive at Unilever, SAB and Vodacom, and I left corporate to go into the uncertain world of entrepreneurism. Uh, It has taught me so much, but now I'm looking into a new, new doors of, you know, coaching, or whatever the plan God has for me. I don't know. I love that because as we were chatting earlier, that we always have a plan that we've put in place, being strategists and planners that we are. And then that plan just goes out the window because God says, Mm-mm, that's not your road for you to take. <laughs> I And it happens. Clap, clap, clap. And I'm like, but does God hate me? But in the end, <laughs> It all works out, doesn't it? It all works out because when you reflect, you know why you were put where you were put at that point in time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, no, I'm glad to see you again. So, I worked with Musidi at Unilever. Like, when we started off, we're still like kids out of varsity back then. But, yeah, it's been, it's good to see you again. So, Musidi... The one thing that I really wanted to talk about, which comes up a lot and which I've also have experienced, but I want us to have a conversation around favoritism in the workplace. I can see you want to hyperventilate. (laughs) Yeah, trigger, 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 trigger. No. Anyway, anyway, let's deal with the triggers. Let's let's understand. So so let's let's define it first, MCD. If what is favoritism? Like, can we just go to the basics? What does that mean? For me, 
I, I can tell you an example where I felt I had a boss and um, he seemed to like my other colleagues over me. I would always get into trouble for something or the other that I'd apparently done to them. They would go and talk to him behind my back. I was always the wrong, the black sheep in the family, and I'd always be found wrong. And they seemed to get all the pets, higher salary increases, uh, chosen for things. And I'd be like, what's wrong with me? That's the first thing. Is there something wrong with me? I'm not getting, I'm not feeling appreciated. I'm not feeling the love. So I felt a pain like a child who would be like, there's stock sweets or sweets and everybody gets a sweet and you don't get. That's what I used to think of favoritism. Or everybody gets invited to the party and you are not in the party. And that's for me, that was my definition of favoritism. And it's, it has to talk about it. And I know it's got roots elsewhere. But it yeah. felt like my boss did not like me and didn't have time for me. And no matter how much I tried and no matter how much I did hard work, I never felt appreciated. Wow. I think just, just hearing that is like, I think I've, I've experienced it, but maybe at a subtle level, not at a, not at a level where I think the person doesn't like me but at a level where it is clear where alliances are. You know what I mean? Mm. It Mm. is clear that this person has got their ear more than I do, if you you know what I mean. And and then that for me, it it always worried me from a sense of when it comes to bonus time, am I going to be marked on, on the basis of did she deliver or not deliver? Or am I going to get a percentage? Other people are going to get a higher percentage because they are favorites, not just me. You know what? It seems like it takes you back to school, isn't it? Yeah, it took me back to childhood. Like the teacher's favorite, or even hope. You know, hope we yeah. always go, Mama has got a favorite. Let's go there. There's always that little thing, Uguti. I'm not the favorite. I'm not loved. And it always, for me, I had a friend who was my boss's favorite. So she would tell me what she got, her increases and her bonuses. So I knew wow. that I wasn't getting the same as her. And it used to annoy me because the results I produced were better. But I yeah. never used to get that bonus uh, that she would get. I'd get a good bonus, but she seemed to get even extra. And then... Wow. um. It seemed I was being rejected for something else. And I was like, what is so wrong with me that this man doesn't like me? I couldn't understand. But, but do you think it was really about you or it was about him? Bobby, at the time, I thought it was about me. It, it's only later, like we say, only later do I look back and go, it must have been my own thoughts and beliefs that led me to attract this environment and uh, mm. to attract what was going on. But instead, at the time, it was about him. He 
he was also funny enough. He was also in a bad place, but mm. he was also being treated badly by his boss. He was mm-hmm. not happy. He had been sick. He had a lot of other things that were going on with him. But at that time, I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that. And I know people are going, hi, man. It's a problem. It's not my problem. Why does he treat me badly? It's only afterwards you think, oh, my gosh. In hindsight, hindsight is is good. But at that time, it's too late. Like You are so heavily invested in what is going on with your boss. It's the most helpful thing. And it it t- takes you to the place of a child. And I still get hurt about it. And that's why I said, ah, let's go for, you know, the favoritism. Because it is it's, it triggered something that I had to learn about myself. And it was part of a healing journey I had to mm-hmm. move through to understand why was I being triggered? Why was I being hurt? Why was, why was I reacting to this guy like I was? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think there's, sometimes it's so difficult to, be, to have to go deal with your inner child because now you have to go back and you have to look at other things that used to trigger you from that perspective when you were a child. And, and I think for me, I've always found it difficult, the favoritism thing, because I, I have always thought that people always liked me. And I think, and I always thought, but I was the favorite at home. Mind you, what's happening here? And I was the favorite with my teachers. So when now why do you have issues with me? Like, I don't get that. I never thought I was the favorite at home. I thought my brother was the favorite. And my mother always denied it. It's not true, but from a child's eye, I I was the last one. And my sister says, yeah, you were the favorite. I'm like, Mm-mm, I wasn't the favorite. You know, the inner child, the, we, we look at, we make up stories, by the way. We make up stories. And I wanted to go back. Yes, there is an inner child who feels unloved, uh, unlovable. And that's why as an adult, when somebody does that, it brings back the mind goes back to the file. It brings up your evidence. You see, there's evidence. Nobody loves you. Nobody loves you. Yeah. As a child that grew up, I was loved, but I, I felt unlovable. I felt, and I know where it comes from. It came from, um, my mother was light in complexion for me. And my mm-hmm. sisters were also light in complexion. And then was Unom Dagazan. And you know, mm-hmm. during the time of apartheid, everybody was like, but when I why um da um da um why you dark? Like why you so dark and why you so tall and gangly when your sisters are petite, mom shop. So to me as a child, it said you are ugly, you know, uh you are unlovable. And they always say you look like you're dead, and I hated that. I really hated that because it meant. And I do look like my mom, by the way. It's just that I'm not, I'm not a yellow bone. That was the trauma. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a yellow bone. So on that little basis of things, I made up the story that nobody wants me. Nobody loves me. And and I could track it back to where it all started culminating. And I remember entering competitions as a child and not winning, and my friend would win. So it 
back up the proof. Yeah, what? Nobody exactly. wants you. And then I was bullied at high school. Some boys told me how ugly I was. But nobody wants me. Yeah. So my boss kind of hit those marks. Because you know, yeah. nobody wants you. Nobody loves you. You are unlovable. So that was the issue with me. The inner child was like, oh, but I'm unlovable. And it keeps on showing up in, yeah. in my workplace. You know, I don't yeah. matter. And that's what I was, I was looking for. I looked for people to appreciate me. I was looking for outside and external validation. And when mm. it didn't come, the proof would be, you see, you are ugly. You see, you are not lovable. Wow. And, and, and it's, it's amazing how many stories we tell ourselves, right? Yeah. And, and, only when you start working on yourself and realizing that these are stories and it's not, it's not the truth and it's far from the truth. It's just the stories that we keep telling ourselves. Then it triggers all these other things that we experience as kids or even the stories we told ourselves when we were kids. So what did you have to do though, Musidi? What, how do you deal with this if you're really being faced with it in the workplace? You know, I think for me, awareness is the first thing you got to do. At that time, I didn't deal with it. I resigned in a half and a half. <laughs> I resigned. I, I got pregnant. I got tired of feeling like I, I was doing so much um, to get love from and attention from that guy. I didn't know what was going on, to be honest with you. I just used to see a lot of, uh, of, of these things turn up, even in relationships. It was like there was this thing turning up. I only started doing work on myself. Can you imagine last year, about, um, about 13, 14 months ago? And wow. I started doing some courses online. I did a coaching course, and I still feel this thing there's something not quite adding up why am I always attracting these scenarios why yeah. is it that the same thing keeps on coming it's a different face but it's the same it feels same familiar yeah and I, I read once and I'm not I mean I, I can't remember and I'm not saying it happens to everybody that uh, victims of um, of abuse, abusive relationships have learned this from somewhere. Um, they've come from it from a childhood. Not all will go there, but yeah. you probably will come from an abusive home. You'll probably attract an abuser. It's not to say everybody will. If you yeah. come from somebody, a financial situation that was lackluster, you probably, not all the time, you'll probably draw similar. We, we go with what is familiar. And subconsciously, yeah. we don't know. Our brains store a lot and we, we make up these, these stories. So I yeah. only started doing a lot of work. I started doing a coaching course about five years ago, but I wasn't getting the answers. I was like, I man, there's something wrong here. Not with me, but I'm like, there's something wrong. And then I started doing a course when my business was not doing well. I was like, you know, I'm not 
the I don't think I'm stupid. I yeah, understand not. Oh, I can say that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why my business is uh is not doing well. I've done everything I can, but something keeps on holding me back. So mm-hmm. I took time, I said, you know what? I'm not moving forward. There seems to be blocks in my life that I need to understand. And I started learning about energy and energy blocks and emotions that we've got emotions that are stuck in our bodies from like a long time. And I was like, what emotion was there? And the answer came from a seven-year-old daughter who kept on asking me, why are you sad? Mama, why are you sad? And I'm like, but what is it that my child is seeing that I'm not seeing about myself? Because I was happy, I was getting up, I was doing everything for her, but I I wasn't living. I was like, mm-hmm. I felt stuck. And when I started doing this emotional work, I found that I was sad. I found mm-hmm. there was sadness. And it only the sadness only started coming out when I got asked to leave my job and I lost my father. So what would happen is something would happen. I would, I would just, I would shove it in, you know, I'd shove it in. You shove the pain down. I wouldn't deal with it. I didn't want to deal with the pain. Uh, When my father died, I wanted to cry, but I didn't cry. I I cried like, (laughs) and there was it. And I, I never dealt with the emotions of I was I, I was asked to deal a, 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 to to leave a job. I never dealt with the emotions of grief. So I had to go back to the beginning to go, what is going on here? And mm. I found that I was a sad person. Uh, I wouldn't call myself depressed, but I was bordering on a deep a depression, depressing. Yeah of my life of some kind. And the more work I did, I realized we as human beings are about light and love. And when we sway away and move away from lightness and enlightenment and God and kindness, we go into the, we edge into the deep side of darkness. And I was in a dark place. I was seriously in a dark place. and. When I look back, I found I was looking for love. I just wanted to be loved. Yeah. And I wanted I wanted to matter. I wanted to feel alive. But I was looking for love outside of myself. Yeah. I was looking for love from my bosses. I was looking for love from failed romantic relationships. I was looking for love everywhere except for me. So my story was, I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable, I'm not good enough. So that was what I was carrying in my body and my mind. And Mm. all these scenarios would come. I would only see unlovable moments, unlovable people coming into my thing. And at some point I was a bit angry, but not, but at get angry people coming to me. I'm like, why, why, why are they so angry? Meanwhile, I was mm. angry. Mm. So, 
that's that's that that the life I I I had to I had to I had to make peace with. Wow. And and so what was the process that you went through just to to do the, with the healing? Well, I realized I, I something wasn't feeling right. I, I don't know what I can say. It's not from the head, I can tell you. It's mm. like you're going into a place and then you feel something and has the intuition. Yeah. And you know, when have you gone to a dangerous place and you feel and something is not right here? Yeah. You, you understand that? I yeah. feel like something is not right. And I, and I started looking back at my life. I went from what worked in my life and what didn't work in my life. And okay. funny enough, I went into my career and I thought for the first 10 years of my life, my career was, was amazing. Mm. I, was, I was moving and I was like, things were happening. Mm. What changed from mm. when I was that happy to now? And I realized something shifted, something shifted. And I was like, what shifted? And I realized when I was in my happiest moment, I was living life without care. Yeah. I was living life with trust. I was open. I was opening to receive. I never used to go, yeah, I'm so 20 promotion. Promotion used to come to me. I, I know. Never to, I'm like, I never used to do it. I never used to go, I want a promotion now. And I did it once. And I remember my boss said, you're not ready for a promotion. And I never got it. I was angry for a little bit. And then a year later, I got it. But I never asked for, ever. I never expected anything. I was just having fun. I was open. I was learning. I was mm-hmm. in a good heart space. Mm-hmm. Then the ego came in. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if we're going the right direction. Is this helping? No, 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 no. We are, we are, because because people experience these things from different spaces, and there's no there's no one direction. This is your story and what how it's played out for you. So everybody can experience, and there is somebody who might be going through exactly what you're going through, and that yeah. for me that matters. Like that one or two people that will listen to this or go, oh my God, I can relate. Yeah, so you asked me where the healing journey started. It yeah. starts with this thing. There's an internal compass that says, and you ignore it. And it goes, and you ignore it. Then, and then you ignore it. And then, boom, the job. I lost my job and I was angry at God. How could you, how could you freaking get me out? Two weeks after my dad has died, you are leaving me cold and out of the job. I was so mad. But I didn't realize I was so out of my, my authentic path. So the realization didn't come then, but I look back as like, I don't think God is a cruel God. I'm not Mm. sure he's a cruel God. 
there's something that is happening in my life that I'm not seeing. Because previously, my career and my life were like a job, man. I was like floating. I was like mm. surfing the ocean. Yeah, there would be storms there and there, but it was a smooth path. Why is this yeah. one not? Why not? Why is this path not as smooth? Yeah. And that's when my realization came. And I used to blame God. <laughs> and that's when my realization came that there was something that I needed to learn. Mm. And that time I thought there's something that is wanting to imagine me. And I was going to go. Me, I'm curious. I was going to go on the path to find out. So yeah. I started a course on, I did energy healing. I didn't get the answers. I did so many courses. I read so many Oprah books. I read, I mean, Oprah, I listened to Oprah, Goldcast. I listened to Tony Robinson. I couldn't find the answer. I, I was like, why are other people successful and I'm not successful? Why is this? And then I did a 21-day meditation with Deepak Chopra. And mm. that unlocked something in me. Yeah. That 21 day was the day I thought, yep, there's something in me. Can't put my mind into it. I don't understand it. That was the day it unlocked something in me. Yeah. It's amazing you talk about meditation because... There's a lot of theory and all sorts of things, but there's something about being still where, where there's, 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 there's learnings, there's regression, there's all these things because you're being forced into a space of just quietening your mind. And, and, and people, other people, depending on what you believe in, they would say, this is the time to listen to what God is saying to you at that point in time. I've battled with meditation. I think only now it kind of makes sense in my head. <laughs> because you, you find your mind just zo like going into different spaces and trying to quiet, quieten it is, can be such a difficult process. You can't quieten the mind. I actually learned that from the person I learned this from, because I also battled with meditation. I'm like, ah, my mind is going to go. And somebody said, listen to what it says to you. Exactly. Listen. Yeah. And that was the day I started listening to my head and I started laughing at myself. <laughs> it's talking such nonsense, right? It was like, yeah, broke, broke. You don't have a job. Look at you. And then I'm like, but I'm still living. I'm still having three days of um, three meals a day. Yes, I'm not living the life that I'd like to live. I don't have $50 million. But let me ask you, mind: if I had to have $50 million in the bank, would I be happy? And I realized then my mind is a story. It's, it just is a story. It's not the real, it's not the real me. My mind is picking up things that happened in the past. It's beautiful, the mind. It's a protector. It's yeah. trying to protect me from getting hurt. 
yeah. is trying to do everything that it's supposed to. The mind's role is to protect. Okay, yeah. we are. Let me protect you. What? Let me protect you. We're not right. No, let me protect you. Let me. That's what the mind does. And when we don't listen to the chatter, you don't understand why it's doing this. Because if you sit and ask the mind, why are you doing this? It will tell you. We're happy. You're going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. But there's this little voice that the mind will shut down. And that's when, when you start understanding and unpacking the mind as it quietens down, that intuition comes up. Slowly, like a muscle, you start listening and it comes a bit stronger. The more the mind quietens down, as the, the, the more the heart speaks. They say the heart speaks. God yeah. speaks through the heart, you know. Right. Yeah. So when I, when I meditate, I listen to the mind. But there's another quiet voice. Sometimes it doesn't come. For me, I'm not going to lie. Is the mind dominating? I deep was. And then the heart starts talking at 3 a.m. <laughs> Do you have that? Yeah. Do you have like that? Like it comes at 3 a.m. Hello. I love you. You are an amazing human being. Just let things unfold for you. Mm. What? 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 And then the mind's like, hey, 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 man, no, man, no, shut up. You know. But at 3 a.m., at 2 a.m., when it's all quiet and everybody's sleeping, that's when God speaks. That's yeah. when I started hearing my true godly voice starting to say, things will unfold. Just let them be. Mm-hmm. Wow. And 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 I think what fascinates me, Musidi, is we started off this conversation talking about favoritism in the workplace. <laughs> but that's why we have these conversations. There's no structure to it because you want anybody to 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 hear your story. And and sometimes there isn't, if you're not being favored at work, you need to do one, two, three, four, five. Sometimes there isn't a, a, a checklist. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it boils down to you dealing with you and asking yourself, why am I attracting what I'm attracting? What is this about? What am I supposed to learn? And this is what I'm taking out of this conversation. Absolutely. Like I said, I'm sure we're going to meander. I think for me, things happen for a reason. And the favoritism of my boss to other people was a communication about me, about the mm. stories I was telling myself. And I was, I was perfectly attracting that situation because of what I was feeling. I was feeling insecure. I was feeling out of alignment of myself. I didn't love myself. I was mm. sad. I didn't love, I was in a, such a dark place at that, at that moment. And that's why I'm saying that sometimes we think these bad things, we label them as bad, they're for us. Mm-hmm. So the favoritism was a message, but yeah. I didn't see it as a, as a, as a, as a message. There being getting out of work was a message. 
whatever happens that is bad, and I'm labeling it as bad, it's not bad, it's the, for the good of you, is for us to learn. You know, I was thinking about it as I was thinking about our conversation. You know, children, they don't label falling when they're starting to walk as bad. Bad, They fall. So a boss who has favoritism is like a lesson for you. What's going on here? What does God want me to learn? Or what is it that I'm supposed to learn? The question why will never give you an answer. But the question is, what's going on here? What lesson am I meant to learn from my boss's favoritism? Comes up with different answers. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing I wanted to say is I was a victim. I I was such a victim. Pella, like, yeah, yeah, bona lebelula, hey. No, really? That's a story. Mm-hmm. I was a victim. I was I was telling myself I'm powerless. I was telling myself I had no choice. Everybody has got an inner power. Everybody mm-hmm. has got a choice. Everybody can turn a situation around if you turn your mindset around. Yeah. What if I just said, ah, it has to be about him. It's not about me, like you said at the beginning. What yeah. if I just said, ah, it's not going to matter in 20 years. I'm going to forget about him. What if I said, maybe there's a lesson I need to learn here. Then it would have turned the situation around. Yeah. It would have made my life a little bit more in- more manageable, less emotional than mm. it was. And I could have made the choice to say, this is more about me learning something here rather than me being a victim. Yeah. No, I think I think it's a very fascinating conversation because a lot of people go through workplace bullying and all these other things and, and feel like they're victims and, and everything else. But but I think what you're saying is very important to say if if you're still there and you still have to wake up and go there on a daily basis, the questions become how can you change your mind to be able to survive that situation or to be able to survive that space because you're choosing to be there at that point in time. If it gets to a point where you then get, you lose your job like you did, that's a different conversation. But whilst you wake up and at eight o'clock you're expected to be there, how do you change your mind not to be a victim? Yeah, and I mean, for me, it's not even to survive, it's thrive. Let yeah. me thrive. And I think human beings think, ah, I'm an adult, I've stopped growing. And as, as human, we're not, we're here to grow, to learn, to grow. Our cells, our bodies, they grow, they grow until, I don't know, until we're how old. They, we're mm-hmm. about growth. Everything in the universe, everything is about growth. There's no one human being who stops growing. When you stop growing, you die. 
Die, and God. you know how growth comes? It comes from uncomfortable situations. Yeah. So that growth of being a boss who was, uh, who was like had favorites was an uncomfortable situation. I wanted it to, I expected my boss to love me. I wanted my boss to be fair to me. It wasn't. I can't change my boss. He comes from a different environment. I couldn't make him love me. But the growth out of that I came out of was, I can't expect that guy to love me, but I can surely love myself. Mm-hmm. And there's always a lesson, from, and I've noticed this, me yeah, being thrown in like winds of change. They've come, they've been thunderstorms in my life. Yeah. But those thunderstorms are meant to wake you up. Those yeah. thunderstorms or that situation is going to keep on going and going and going until you learn the lesson. Learn the lesson of what that situation is telling you, then you get over it. It's going to go. It's going to just go. And then the next lesson will come. Then you learn the lesson. Then things move. Life is supposed to move like a river, flowing. But ah, it flows. Life flows. Whenever it doesn't flow, whenever it feels stuck, it's a lesson. Whenever there's a boss who's playing favoritism, don't go eyes because I'm black. No, because I'm female. No, because I'm not yellow. Bo- no, 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 no. Think, feel. What's going on here? What lesson am I supposed to learn about myself and about the situation? I must say it's easy to blame race, to blame age, to blame gender. Like, that, that's an easy space to go to, you know? Such an easy space to go to. And what happens? It keeps on coming back. I need to, it Yo. keeps on coming. It and, keeps and, on and coming back. It's just because I'm the only black female in the <laughs> Yeah, I'm the only black female. I know I'm the only female. That was my favorite part, because I'm the only female. They don't like me. I'm the yeah. only female. Do I like myself? If they wow. don't like me, do I like myself? And and when you think about it, city, if you liked yourself, it, you actually wouldn't care what he thinks about you, to be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't care what he thought. I would be like, I love it is, it is him. I'd be laughing at him. I'd make the choice of, exactly. uh, of laughing at me. But because I didn't feel good about myself, because I didn't think I mattered, because I didn't love myself, because I thought, I know he hates me because I'm ugly. <laughs> I don't oh. know. We have made up stories, you know. And at one point, I was like, I because I'm only the only black female. Then my friend is also another black female. So that, that didn't make sense now. So yeah. then I was like, I, he hates me because I'm fat. And but he, I, I, you know, the mind will always give you stories. Stories, yeah. 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 So, so for anybody who's been hearing us in City, what is what, just one or two things that you want them to take out of this conversation? Life 
is beautiful. Life is beautiful. The lens in which you look at life, you can look at lens through the abundance or through scarcity. If you look at life and say, I have everything, I have every, that's what turns up in your life. If you look at life through scarcity, I, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, that's what turns out in your life. Yeah. Open, open your heart to receiving messages. Instead of looking at things that and say they are bad, ask yourself, what's the lesson I need to learn about the situation? And usually the lesson will stop, the, the challenge will stop coming when you know the lesson. Learn to know the lesson. And mm-hmm. I know I've spoken a lot of things, but you are growing as a person. You are growing And as you grow, more challenges come. It's about growth. Embrace the uncertainty. Embrace the growth. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the time. So where do people find you on social media these days? Uh, You know what? I'm trying to, I, I, I find the social media scene a little bit scary sometimes. That's, I, I'm on LinkedIn most of the time, but LinkedIn has changed a bit for me as well. So I'm a little bit less there. I'm on Instagram, not on my, I've got a, a, like a, a motivational quote page called Phenomenal Women Musidi. But I'm, I'm working on a new thing um, and I'll let you know what I'm working on when it's uh, in fruition. But um, you can find me on LinkedIn under Musili Sereto. Yeah. But no, I think I think on, on LinkedIn you 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 might have slowed down, but you are quite active. And you and 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 I think what I love about about it, Musidi, you bring the vulnerability. Because as professionals, we always think you need to be strong, you need to be sane, to be like this perfect person, but you are just real and you bring the vulnerability of the things you've gone through, the fact that you are having this conversation and around what you thought of yourself. And I really, I really applaud that. And thank you for the time. Yeah, thank you for me. I mean, I don't care what people think. I mean, I do care what my mother thinks, but the most important person in my life is me and my relationship with myself. And yeah. loving yourself is proof that you have a, you, you are born to be loved. You are loved. You are an amazing human being. And God is about love. When we don't love ourselves, then things fall apart. And mm. I'm here to, to talk and openly about my truth. Not everybody will like it. But you know what? I like it anyway. It's your truth. Who cares? Yes, yeah, my truth. Yeah, it's your truth and it's your life. So yeah. I really, really um, thank you for, for the time. Thank you. I know we meandered about a favorite. No, but, 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 but that's what I love about these conversations in city. That's why they are unscripted. Because yeah. if it becomes like an interview, it just seems so, it, it's not authentic. And I want you to tell your story and, and, and just see which way, which direction it takes. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to meander. I love meandering. No, no, no. I am I'm good with the meandering, to be honest. <laughs>
Thank you. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Ngubedaga signing out and I will see you again next week.